And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, this might be an all-time record for latest podcast. The last time I did a podcast, I guess now it would have been the day before yesterday, I said that we did a late podcast, and we I shouldn't even say a late podcast. It was just a podcast that came out like a day after the fact, and it was after the draft because Tommy Shepard's press conference went so late, and I wasn't going to do a press conference, or I wasn't going to do a podcast after the press conference because it got so late, and Ben Standing and I got tired and all that stuff. And I felt kind of bad. Like, I felt kind of bad because if I'm a fan of the team, like, I want that stuff churned out for the next morning when the big stuff happens, whether it's good or whether it's bad or whatever. And in the draft, it's good news. It's exciting. The Wizards picked an exciting young player who could be turned into a legitimately good player. And they got Cassius Winston and all this fun stuff. And then free agency starts. And now there's crazy stuff happening right now. So it is 3.40 in the morning for me right now on the east coast of the United States of America. And on the Skype line with me is Michele Berra, who uh, was nice enough to come on with me last second and talk about uh, what the heck is happening right now on this first night of free agency. Hey, I mean, I'm glad to be on. It's a much better time to record a podcast for me because it's Saturday morning. <laughs> I have virtually nothing else to do than talk basketball with you. So it's um, it's great to be on. I mean, and I think that the Wizards cut themselves a very, very good start of free agency. Well, maybe the literal part of free agency, but uh, maybe just with the free agents. Um, let's let's lead with. You know what? We kind of have to lead with at least talking about. Let me just go over what happened in case you missed it, because. Friday night started off slow. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of signings that came out. I think part of the reason there weren't a lot of signings that came out, by the way, was because of everything that's going on with the Bucks, where the Bucks executed a sign-and-trade four days before they were allowed, are getting in trouble for it. And I think everybody was a little bit wary about stuff getting out, like right at 6.01 when they're allowed to and being accused of tampering or cap circumvention like the Bucks are and all those sorts of things. So I think it was slow coming out for the first hour and a half. And then all of a sudden, it explodes. So here's what the Wizards specifically did. They signed Anthony Gill, who played last year in Russia, plays college ball at Virginia, stretch four, uh, had a scout text me when he signed that he can shoot the F out of it. He didn't say F, but um, I wouldn't say this is a family podcast, but it's a, uh, I, I won't go that far. Uh, they signed... Robin Lopez to a portion of the mid-level exception. As of the time I'm recording this, I'm still not sure exactly what the money is on Robin Lopez, but I'm sure that's a one-year deal. He was supposed he had a player option for about 5.6 million, and so my guess would be it's somewhere in that realm, but we'll see. Uh, and uh, they signed Davis Bertans to a five-year, 80 million dollar deal. We are going to discuss that, I love and it. we are going to discuss. 
I know you love it, and we're going to talk about it. The big news was Sham Sharania, my colleague, reporting that talks between the Wizards and Rockets for Russell Westbrook have stalled. I wrote my story that's going to come out in the morning and uh, should be out by the time up by the time this podcast is out that I, I think they they stalled over kind of conversations about the Rockets wanting something else beyond wall in those deals, whether that's a pick or a young player or something like that, and the Wizards being unwilling to put something in there. But now that they've stalled, John Wall has made it clear, as Shams put it, to the Wizards that he wants out. He wants a trade. All right. A lot of stuff. There is so much stuff to unpack. Um, where, where are we leading? I'm going to let you lead the way. So I just remove responsibility. <laughs> I think we, we should start with the, with the amazing contract that the Wizards signed uh, for Bertans. I was really scared uh, that the contract could be something uh, with the two starting in front of the number. Um, it was a legit possibility. Uh, like the Wizards had all the interest in signing Bertans. Uh, he made an amazing season. He is probably the best shooter in the NBA right now uh, in terms of like volume and a variety of positions on the court where he can take a shot, which is everywhere. You think he, wait, hold up. You think he's a better shooter than Clay Thompson, assuming Clay's healthy, or are you discounting Clay? Well, I think it would be a very good contest between the two. I, I do think that Bertans, with the size that he has, he can really shoot it against basically anyone. Like it's very hard to to make to make things harder for Bertans to shoot it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's let's rephrase it: is one of the top five shooters in the NBA. Uh, and and if you get a big that is a top five shooter in the NBA, you're getting someone who can really change things on offense for you. Um, but if you look around and see, for example, the the money that Gallo got from reportedly from the Hawks, which is twenty millions per year, um, it's it could have been similar for Bertans. Sixty millions if you want to trade tomorrow, Bertans to say the Milwaukee Bucks or to the Golden State Warriors uh, mid-season for Kelly Oubre and I don't know how many picks. You can do that immediately. This is what it makes, for me, extremely good for the Wizards. Because not only you get a player that you want, you get it at the, at the number where it makes sense for almost half the league of trading for a guy like that. So it's it's a very, very good signing for the Wizards. So I'll, I'll add on also the contract structure, which we don't know about yet. The deals aren't official. They can't be official for a couple of days. So... This is one of a few different possibilities. I mean, if you want, you can structure the contract so it's just $16 million every year. Mm -hmm. My educated guess is that's not how they're going to do it. You normally start with a lower salary and you go 5% raises each year. And if the Wizards do that with that contract, they structure it. And really the most normal way a contract can be structured, that means his salary for the 2020-21 season will be $13.8 million. And that's a big deal. Because the Wizards are about 26 or 27. I, mean, I haven't done the math after tonight, but they, before signing Robin Lopez and, and Gill, they're about 26, 27 million dollars away from the luxury tax line. Mm-hmm. And Bertans, 
with a $13.8 million salary does not bring them, or I should say still allows them to use the full mid-level exception in order to operate. So depending on how much they give Robin Lopez, and I don't want to go too into the weeds on what they, you know, uh, what they could do depending on how much, because that could become outdated quickly when that number comes out Mm -hmm. at some point very soon, you know? Um, But just, it allows for more roster flexibility because they're able to use their mid-level exception. They might be able to use the biannual exception. Obviously, they only have so many roster spots. I'm assuming at this point that Pasochniks is is not going to be on the roster. His contract doesn't guarantee until the 24th, so I'm sure they'll waive him before them. They've got Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner, Rui Hachimura. Now they've got Gil. They've got Robin Lopez. They've got they've got Avdia. They've they've got I might even be forgetting another. They've got Bertans. I mean that's seven guys who like Avdia is a three, but you know he's at least going to block the ability for some minutes to be able to play a Hachimura Bertans front court. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot of positional overlap there, and yeah. you're not adding uh, positive snakes to that to that mix, but. I, I agree with everything that you said. Uh, I agree with everything that you said. Like, you have a shooter like that, then there is value for a shooter like that. I I preemptively, in the story that I wrote, kind of, I don't want to say I railed against it, but I, I debunked anybody who is potentially going to call this a Ryan Anderson contract. Because it's not that. No. Ryan Anderson was a stationary, standstill, three-point shooter who took his threes Right at the three-point line. He was actually the type of player who was already, people think of, oh, stretch four, that's a modern player. No, stretch four, like him, that's already an outdated player, a stretch four like him. Bertans runs off screens and takes shots from 30 feet. He shot 46% on threes from 29 feet or farther. Like, that dude just guns it, and when he and Beal were on the floor together, they scored 119 points per 100 possessions, which is outrageous. I mean, you do that over the course of a season, you're literally the best offense of all time by far. Yeah. That's how good that number is, and it's because you have a shooter like that with a facilitator and scorer and shooter like Beal, and you have those two guys together, and you are going to score. And The Wizards were so excited to have Bertans and Wall play together. We're gonna see if they, if they do play well, together. Dreams are dreams, but um, yeah. It. I mean. I mean. We we did a research. Uh, probably all your listener know uh, about that about John Wall passing accuracy, um, and I was eager to see if Bertans' number could actually go up with a passer like John Wall that can hit him in the pocket eighty um, percent of the time. So I I really. Um, think that, that could work uh, if John's wall trade demands uh, will not be met. Probably we are, we are going to see it. Um, a couple of thoughts on the contract. I know that it, it sounds good to have more space this season, uh, but I venture that for in general, if you can have a veteran taking a salary that is going down instead of going up, especially for a guy that can you can flip like in two three years that makes the contract even more valuable because if you're okay in trading for Bertans at 16 million imagine when he has like like two years uh left on his contract and somehow your team is going in another direction 
if you have him at like say 14 millions something like that you can get enormous value for a contract like that so uh, i know that the space is tight uh, and probably if you want to add a couple of players you are creeping uh, too close to the luxury tax but if Bertans camp is okay in waiting a little bit in constructing the salary like structuring uh, if it goes up or if it goes down then I think you're making yourself a favor because maybe in three days it, is, it will be clear that uh, with John Wall trade you're not adding too much salary or maybe you, you get like a little bit less and so you are free to structure the contract either in a uh, steady uh, contract like 16 per year flat or uh, decreasing because again uh, for the player, it makes sense. You get more money now. Who cares uh, if, if you get a little bit less in the future? Um, I, I doubt that over... The, like, uh, I don't remember how old Bertans is. Is, is he 20? 28. 20, 28. 28. Yeah, so we are talking... When he's 33, there is like virtually zero chance that he gets more than 13, 14 millions per year. Uh, it's hard. To yeah, the numbers the basically go in reverse. His his last year salary would be about thirteen point eight. Yeah, which is which is fine. I mean, you can sign for uh, like it's probably it's likely that he will get if he stays healthy and keeps being this awesome shooter that he is. It's probably likely that at thirty three he gets another contract around that number. Um, so I don't know. I would I would push hard if I'm the Wizards to to structure a deal. Uh, in such a way because again it increased the value of the player a lot in terms of trades and stuff like that it's it's a very good point and and i might be thinking in the the wizards want to win right now mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. when after tonight's news i i i'm not sure how they organizationally are going to i don't think this was like out of nowhere news to them tonight i don't think this just like happened and they were totally caught aback i I really don't think that was the case at all, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I, I I wrote about the tradability of John Wall three days ago mm-hmm. when that Westbrook and when that Westbrook and uh, Wall report first came out from Shams. I wrote about that for a reason. Like this, this is a, a plausible thing that could happen. Um, and another point to add on, by the way your Bertans thing before we get to wall stuff which was a good point is that decreasing contracts are also valuable for one more reason too and it's that the salary cap tends to go up year by year Mm -hmm. even if it only goes up a couple of million so as the cap is going up and the number is going down then that number is becoming an even smaller percentage of the salary cap as you go forward ultimately the amount of money isn't what makes you a good value contract or a bad value contract, it's the amount of money you make in relation to what the salary exactly. cap is. So as the salary cap goes up and your salary goes down, you know, it's 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 actually you're actually becoming an even better value with an even greater proportion than it appears just by the salary. So that's that's a good point by you and and it was definitely worth mentioning. I we gotta talk about Wall though, because obviously this is the most important thing it's the most important Wizards news in a long time. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I grew up a Clippers fan. I'm currently a I'm Jets fan. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> I'm currently a Jets fan. Uh, thankfully, I have the Yankees to even out all of that. But I, I as like a sports fan, 
have been through sad sports stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes media members, we go to, and I, I do this all the time, I kind of get caught up in the weeds. And I'm thinking like, okay, should I throw out John Wall trade ideas on the podcast? I have like five minutes to brainstorm before we're doing it. We're talking for you know five minutes before we come on the pod. I'm like, what can we talk about with Wall? And I'm like, man, like if I were a Wizards fan tonight, John Wall's been there for 10 years. He He really is... It's, it's a weird relationship with Wall, which I feel like people outside of D.C., non-Wizards fans probably don't realize where in most cases a guy gets a max contract or the equivalent of a max contract depending on what sport they play in, you know, some giant payday and they're a big name and then they get hurt or they don't live up to it for whatever the reason, whether it's their fault or not. You know, I said I'm a Yankees fan, Giancarlo Stanton, very similar thing. Gets a $300 million deal. He's hurt all the time. Yankees fans hate him. When in reality, Giancarlo Stanton is not exactly going out there and trying to get hurt. Yeah, That dude is more broken up about it than anybody else. And what's weird is that nationally, people talk about John Wall in that kind of similar fashion to how they talk about those other sorts of guys. In D.C., I think people think that people think like, oh, he signed a big contract and then he got hurt. You'd want to get rid of him. Wizards fans love John Wall, man. Like, I, they must be heartbroken. Like, that sucks for them. Yeah, I mean, it's always the case. You are evaluated by the contract you have. And... And it's weird. As you said, I mean, it's not that John Wall is tr- actively trying to to be hurt or to not be on the court or to be bad when he's on the court. Like, these are professionals that their entire life, uh, or, well, a good chunk of, it, of their life uh, rolls around basketball. And it's not that when you get the bag, you're, you're done and you're saying, well, now I'm enjoying my 40 million contract. I don't believe that. So it's actually great that the Wizards fans or the majority of them actually love the guy, even if, I mean, it's not bringing any value to, to their team. Um, it's, it's a tricky, tricky situation because uh, I don't know why he wants out uh, or he like his camp is slipping that he wants out um maybe he has already a destination in mind it might very well be houston um but but i don't know it's it's interesting the approach that the wizards are taking here like do you do i accommodate the, the willing of my star player uh probably not getting anything good back or if if i'm really really lucky i get another contract is similar and the player that i'm getting uh is slightly better than what we expected like russell westbrook with bradley beal bertans achimura um avidia fdia he can be very good because open floor he can run around uh pass the ball uh, very well and and and, and reevaluate himself like um re-up the value of his contract uh but other than that you're not getting anything for john wall uh, if you play him a season and he's back at, at like almost like he was uh before the injury then maybe that contract doesn't look so bad so i, I see the pro the the conundrum that the wizards are going to face like do i hold on and hope that everything works, that he finds magic again with Bradley Beal, and maybe he, we we either we are either good with him 
or we can at least get something when he has just two years left on his contract and just we don't have to to give assets away just to accommodate his request i think that's the predicament that they're in right now i mean you know what's funny and I had about nine thousand thoughts racing through my head when the Barton, when the uh, the Wall report came out. But you know what? One of them was. Tell me. I was just thinking. So Sham says, Wall made it clear to the Wizards that he wants out. And my reaction was like, okay, so so John goes to management, and says he wants to be traded. And and to me. It would be like, so like when I was a kid and when I was a kid, I was, I was a bad student. So like when I was in high school, I used to not do my homework. My parents used to yell at me all the time. Every day they'd yell at me about doing my homework. And I just imagine like if I went to my parents junior year and while we were at the dinner table and I demanded to them that I do my homework that night, they'd be like, we know. We've been telling you to do your homework the whole time. Like, that's how I imagine they reacted. As if, like, like John is on a contract that that I think a lot of people might say is the hardest to trade in the entire league. Mm-hmm. It's like, if the Wizards could trade John and get something back, I think that's something they would have done a while back. Yeah. So I just imagine the reaction is like, yeah, okay, we know. Let's, let's do that, okay. I, I don't know what it's going to be. It it seems like I I think the Westbrook Wall thing has legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's gonna happen. It, it, it's it's kind of hard to figure out if that sort of stuff is gonna happen because if Houston wants more than just Wall, and Washington is trading Wall, and Washington doesn't want to compromise its future, it's not gonna want to give up picks. And Westbrook is the better player with the better career, who's the healthier player as well. Mm-hmm. So Houston might be justified in asking for that extra stuff too. So unless they kind of just both come to an agreement where they both say, all right, we have no leverage because our guy says he wants to get traded, and you have no leverage because your guy says he wants to get traded, let's just do a scenery change, and we're probably both better off if we just take the other one's guy And we don't have to debate over who's going to be better off to the greater degree. We can just say we're both better off. Let's compromise here and just swap them together, which is a thing that has happened. I mean, a variation of that was the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul deal, although there were still a bunch of picks exchanged in that. Uh, A better variation was something that I wrote about on Tuesday, which was the Bismack Biombo for... Team of a Mozgov deal mm-hmm. from two years ago, mm-hmm. which is not nearly as sexy as this one would be. <laughs> but I think the principles are very similar. We signed a center for a really large contract in 2016 and we don't play him. And you signed a center for a really large contract in 2016 and you don't play him. And they both make the exact same amount of money. So let's flip them for each other and it'll work. And they did that. And then, you know, the, the Mozgov got flipped for Dwight Howard as well in a very similar thing. So, those sorts of deals can happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in this situation. If it doesn't, I don't know what the next deal is going to be. But if that does happen, it's something that like there's a there's a historical precedence for it, even if it's not with stars who are that big names. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green. 
D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yurman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yurman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, let's focus for a second on the CP3 um, Westbrook deal because some like I am on the low end uh, in terms of that deal is great for OKC because the picks that they got are very very good picks for the Rockets. Like they are very they are highly protected. I mean I I, I'm, I know that getting in the top four it's it's not easy. But if you really want to bottom out, you, you can still kind of do it. I wonder if you can get some you can do something similar, banking on the fact that or well, betting on the fact that Russell Westbrook will make your team better and competitive uh so say that he that you give the rockets two very well two highly protected firsts that immediately go to two second rounders like something along the lines uh of uh, the the pick that okc sent for jeremy grant like it's top 20 protected if it conveys great if it doesn't it's two second rounders or one second rounder i think that if you if you want to to better yourself and you think that getting Russ will help you more than keeping Wall and hoping for a better deal, then maybe it's something that you do. Um, again, I don't want picks that I wouldn't want picks that rolls to the future because a it it, it becomes way more dangerous and b it prevents you to do more trades uh, using picks. So say that you do 2021 lottery protected and 2023 top 20 protected um i think that something like that it seems a lot because it seems that you are getting out two picks but if you're that good with russ then who cares <laughs> like it means that you're doing the playoffs one year and in 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 2023 you are top 10 in the league I think that the Wizards could be okay. And if you have to, to give two second rounders for a good Russell Westbrook, so be it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if that's what they end up doing. It, it's not the only trade that has come to my mind. None of the other ones that I'm thinking have been reported at all, have been told to me as sources or anything like that. It's just like, you know, trades come to your mind. Mm -hmm. how, much, how much time do you have left? When do you have to go? Um, well, it depends on how good your trades are. You know that I love <laughs> trades. So if you, if you oh, give me something, a good tease. something good to work with. Okay. Because I, I have, have a sad, good one. Sad trades. I mean, we can, we can make up sad I mean, trades, but I don't want them. I mean, I have one. Go ahead. I have one. Um, well, the uh, the obvious one that you could talk about 
would be Detroit just signed a bunch of bigs. And salaries match with Blake Griffin, I believe. Okay. Now, Blake okay, has two I have years 30 left. seconds. Then I have to go. <laughs> oh, well, that's not the one that I was going to say. That was the obvious one. You'd have to throw in picks or young guys to make that work, probably, because Blake has uh, two years left and Wall has three. But yeah. can I tell you my one that I thought of tonight? Yeah, go ahead. What about something around Wall for Horford? I don't think OKC will ever go close to to that kind of deal. I I don't see the upside. Um, for me, like yes, you can do it, but you have to give me like four four first round picks, something crazy like that. And because yeah, you can take on Wall. You can even you cannot stretch him uh, in year one. Probably not in year two as well. You may stretch. I don't him. think you can stretch him at all. I mean, is yeah, maybe in the in the last year of his contract you can do it because the, a forty-seven million dollar player option. Well, or, you're or, just li- that? or just live with it. Like, um, yeah, it's to me like a um, you have to add something uh, f- for for it to work. And yeah, probably because he has salary now because there is a report that. Steven Adams is going elsewhere, um, which is sad for me. Uh, but then probably they will have like salary to work with. Um, but like, what's the incentive for OKC? Reval, re like re up uh, Wall's value? Yeah, maybe. But if you fail, you have a player that will demand out in two months, probably, uh, if he's not happy there and if things are not working. For what? Like, it really needs to be something like three first-round picks, and most of them unprotected. Like, I don't see a world where OKC says, well, yeah, we will try it out. Like, are you willing to put three unprotected picks for that for that deal? Say that, that you get something good, like George Hill and, and, and Al Horford, or, uh, or J.J. Redick. And Al Horford, whoever uh, New Orleans is getting, maybe Bledsoe, um, Josh Hart. I don't know who can who he can get for Adams, but it will be a combination of those players. Um, I'm not sure who uh, New Orleans wants to put in the um, in the deal. Maybe Nicolo Melli. I don't know. I'm just throwing out like all the money that New Orleans has. Um, but would you spend three unprotected first? Because I'm sure that this will be uh, Sam's request. No, and I don't think the Wizards would do that either. And I think you're probably right. I think I was more thinking about it from the Wizards' side of like Horford making sense and that being a little something. The thing is that a lot of the options that like, you know, I say options with an air quote around it mm-hmm. because they're not really options because Wall's contract is just... I think maybe the most difficult to trade in the league and a lot of the options air quotes are 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 worse options than they already were because you know I mentioned Blake Griffin with Detroit for example and I think if Blake especially if Blake is healthy like Blake was great 2 years ago when he made all NBA mm-hmm. he was incredible that year and he yeah. is I think he's going to age better than people think as long as he just literally stays on the floor because he is a fabulous passer, has an unbelievable IQ, is has a great handle. He his game is just no longer he's a good shooter. 
He's a good shooting four. He was like 36% on seven threes a game. Uh, he's a reliable shooting four now, and he's a playmaking four. I, I could just see him being a guy, even if he just becomes unable to move, like I could see a guy, him being just a guy who lives off of IQ and doesn't come close to the salary he's making in terms of production, obviously, but it's just like a really helpful role player. I could see him becoming that as long as he is literally able to stay on the court because of how unbelievably skilled he's become. Yeah. And anyway, getting back to the trade, because I just go on rants now. That That's what I do when I podcast at 4.09 in the morning. But let's say even you were able to find a deal that previously, like five days ago, Detroit, maybe something Detroit would have agreed to where you get, you know, Blake goes to Washington and Wall and something else that incentivizes them to do it mm-hmm. goes to Detroit. It's like, well, they just drafted Killian Hayes, who's a ball-dominant point guard, and are they going to want to have John Wall there, three years of John Wall there with Killian Hayes, when Killian Hayes, what he does best is having the ball in his hands, running high pick and roll, and creating for other people? It's like, no, that's now you're going to have to have John Wall doing that. Now, now you... You've just mucked all this up for Hayes. Uh, I just, I don't know what that is. And you know what? If Charlotte were just trying to take on Wall because they, they want to put asses in the seats and and because maybe they can get a couple picks out of it and, you know, you could just, they have room, they have cap space, so you could give them Batum and, uh, you know, Washington is kind of always like Batum and, and so you, you could just make that deal straight up. It's like, no, now... Lamelo is there, so yeah, but so there are more roadblocks than there were even five days ago. Yeah, but there is, like, on one hand, um, it's it's only three years. Like, um, I know that you want to give Hayes and Lamelo a lot of room to play with the ball in their hands, um, but I go back to the CP3 Shea Gilgus Alexander. Um, experiment that OKC played very successfully last season. And, and I wonder if this could be a path that more team teams will follow. Because yes, you want Killian A's to have the ball in his hands a lot of time, but you will play John Wall roughly 32 minutes a night, uh, 35 maybe. So you already have the minutes where Hayes will lead the team. Um, and, and Shea didn't have that last year because there was Dennis Schroeder but he still ended up being a guy who could lead a pick and roll uh, who could lead a secondary pick and roll and attack off of those two guys I do think that the modern NBA is not just I run a pick and roll and you guys stay out of the way you can do multiple stuff with a ball handler like John Wall. You can initiate the offense with him, then move the ball. Then you have Killian A's attack a pick and roll. Lamelo is even better at that because, yes, he will have the ball in his hands a lot. But I think that in order to reach his full potential, he needs to be a guy that learns how to play off ball. And, and this could be good also for Killian A's because I do think that guards... Um, going forward, will be asked to to do multiple stuff, to be a threat when they are not with the ball in his hands, which is something that two guys that we are discussing tonight, like John Wall and Russell Westbrook, never fully learn to do. So I do think that there is some value, some teaching value in having uh, like a great passer, awesome ball hander as John Wall together with two very young guys that know how to pass the ball, but could use some lessons from Wall. And 
and that maybe can learn different aspects of the game and they will become better players in the future. Because again, Lamelo will have the ball in his hands uh, quite a lot, even with walls there, uh, because I mean he's good. And so if he's good, he's just going to take possessions uh, for himself. And if you and if all you have to to move is Terrier's ear and Nicolas Betum and call it a night, uh, why not? Like you're not you're not harming yourself by getting John Wall all that much if you're just trading away Rogier, which will handle possession with Lamelo there, and probably not in a very successful way. So I'm not against those deals in principle, and I do think that you can make them work. And maybe maybe this is just like straight up you can you can trade the, the two guys um probably with rosier and batum you have too many too much money and so you have to include the salary uh to from the washington side to make things work but but again i i, I wouldn't say that these deals are off the, the table because of hayes and um and lamello last thing do we want to talk sacramento i know that they have the Aaron fox but they have a lot of bad contracts. They just maxed out, Darren. I know, Fox. I know, I know they did. But again, you don't. Well, Wall and Fox probably are way too similar. Uh, I mean, to be, to to be honest, I I just I'll include Sacramento as a possibility, mostly because they've got new management, and and I don't know how. The only thing that we know about their management is that they're zero for one on sign and trades. That is. <laughs> That is the only thing that we know. Uh, yeah. So uh, they're, they're 0 for 1 on sign and trades to such a degree that their guys become unrestricted free agents after they do them. <laughs> that's, that's how 0 for 1 they are. By the way, that I don't think people realize how big of a deal that Bucks trade falling apart is. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. Like, not just because Giannis might not be there because of it that's not even the whole thing so they they agreed to a bogdanovich sign and trade that was reported on monday four days before they were allowed to do it so now the league is investigating them for uh salary cap circumvention people keep saying it's tampering but the real thing is salary cap circumvention they worked around the rules of the salary cap and like there are so many things about that deal like there are so many ripple effects about that deal for example Ersan um, Liasova could have been in that deal, and then he wasn't, and now he got waived. One tweet cost Ersan Liasova seven million dollars. Like I don't know how does the players' union respond to that? Like these teams mismanaging this and Ersan Liasova getting cost seven million dollars. This this what happens if you know when when the Timberwolves had the Joe Smith thing? They got so many draft picks taken away, right? Because they they made like an under-the-table deal with Joe Smith in 2000, and they got tons of draft picks taken away as a penalty because they got caught, not for tampering, for salary cap circumvention, like what could end up happening here. And if the Bucs get, like what's going to happen? Because the Bucs just traded a million draft picks in the Drew Holiday deal, which is yet to be official. What's the league going to do if they take away draft picks? Are the Bucks literally not going to have a draft pick for six, seven years? Like, is is it going to affect the Drew Holiday deal if they make a ruling before the Drew Holiday deal becomes official? There's just a lot yeah. to break down about this beyond like, oh, if this doesn't work and Giannis could, 
could end up leaving. Like, there are other ripple effects here. Well, if they veto that trade somehow, it will be... It will be something. Like, the NBA will go on fire for... And yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Urson. Um, I'm always a little bit skeptical to say, well, that that tweet costed uh, Urson. I mean, it, it is true. Um, probably we can also say that that contract was already structured that way and so that mean that seven million were not on really on the table but but if the trade was to be completed he would probably have gotten the the amount but but yeah i i understand what you're saying um it's it's tricky i mean it's it's unfortunate that they had they messed up badly uh and i don't know who leaked the information because clearly teams are discussing stuff like that with the agents like i would not be surprised if like every guy who who had like a possibility for a signing trade was already discussing uh with teams and, and stuff like that but 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 there is there are ways to do it and then that clearly wasn't the way and if that uh tweet leaked from sacramento boy oh boy i mean if i am milwaukee i know that i mean if i'm doing something that is kind of wrong i should not be upset about uh, the results, but I would be mad, like seriously mad. And um, I don't know, like it's it's going to be crazy. Um, yeah, people uh, around the league were really angry. Yeah, really yeah, angry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course. And and yeah, the player union. Can you like? It, it's it's bad for everyone. <laughs> like, there's nothing good about this because if Janice leaves. Like it's bad for like I don't know it's it's I don't know if it's good or bad but I mean it's it makes things incredibly difficult for for Milwaukee like I cannot imagine like what what, what will happen if they say well now you don't have those picks you cannot complete the deal for Drew Holiday and and Janice said well I'm out like <laughs> can you imagine how crazy that will be like. Oh my god! And teams be unbelievable. Yeah, and teams already moved in other directions. So, like, well, you find ways to trade for Janis, of course. Uh, you, you put like everything you have, but but it's 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 very crazy. I mean, I don't know. It's and can you imagine yep. if he if he ends up being the guy who you trade Wiggins for, like? <laughs> After all that, <laughs> like they have, they oh, have. Oh, people will lose their minds. The, yeah, you have, you have the, the assets. I mean, you have number two. You have the Minnesota pick. You can, you can put like three unprotected first, and the contract to make, that makes the salary work. Like, yeah, it's hard to find a better deal. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I you need to go. I kept you too long. You said you couldn't be on for this long, and then I kept you on for this long anyway. I enticed you with trade talks. <laughs> you can fine. listen to all of uh, Michele's musings over at Down to Dunk, which is our Thunder podcast at The Athletic, and also at the OKC Dream Team, which is a podcast that I used to be on when I covered the Thunder, and he does the Thunder After Dark editions over there, which is part of their uh, subscription podcast, and you can go subscribe to uh to their their Patreon podcast. If you just look up the OKC Dream Team on Patreon, you'll be able to find find that there, and you can listen to me, Kelly, there. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Leave a review. 
give us five stars. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you don't subscribe to The Athletic, you can read my work and everybody else's work, and you can sign up for a discounted price if you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark. Again, that's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark for a discounted price to a full subscription to The Athletic. So you get everything. You get my work. You get all the NBA stuff, all the MLB stuff, everything. If you sign up there, I will be back with a new episode I don't know when, but I'm sure sometime soon because there's so much wizard stuff to talk about right now. And this is we just kind of grace the tip of the iceberg here with the John Wall talk. We're going to be I'm sure John Wall talk will be a constant topic on this podcast for a very long time. So I'll be back with that. I'll be back with more. I don't know when I'll be back officially, but whenever I am, I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.